Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful Parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. The biggest thing that teaches kids is our own behavior, right? Like they're not great at doing what we say, but they're great at doing what we do. And so one of the biggest things we can do is to model taking care of our difficult feelings. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 272. Today, we're talking about what is mindful parenting with me and my community manager, Lynn Weller. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confidence kids. Hello, hello, hello. I hope you are doing well today. Thank you so much for joining me here. I'm so glad to connect with you and grateful that you're choosing the Mindful Mama podcast and I'm so happy to connect. And uh, if you're new, special welcome. So happy to have you here. This is an awesome episode for you to jump into. We're going to talk about what makes mindful parenting different, right? Like what is it? What do you learn inside mindful parenting? 
how is it different from mindfulness for parents, right? And so this is a really cool special reverse interview. You're going to hear my awesome, amazing community manager, Lynn Weller, interview me and pose questions to me about mindful parenting and you'll learn why it came about. You'll hear about my own struggles and challenges and what's inside the course. Some awesome takeaways I want you to listen for how mindfulness practices literally change the brain in ways that we parents really need. How learning to take care of our own difficult feelings is this huge game changer and how parents are often, we're often making some unconscious communication mistakes that can actually make things harder. And we're going to talk about what some of those are. So I can't wait for you to dive in and join me in this special episode. And if you're interested in seeing the answers and meeting Lynn and myself more fully, go hop over to our baby YouTube channel and you can just search on it. It's at Mindful Mama Mentor on YouTube and uh, you can see clips from this episode as well as short teachings from me over there. And so make sure if you go over there, you subscribe so we can grow this channel and get this information out to more parents. So I can't wait. That's all I got to say for you today. Let's dive right into this conversation. All right. I'm excited to be here interviewing you, Hunter. Um, <laughs> like so many questions kind of went in my head because um, to me, you are a rock star. So <laughs> I, I want to, um, you know, just know so much about, um, you know, what you how this all came to be. So that's kind of the first thing that I want to ask you is, why did you create mindful parenting? You know, how did this all happen? Well, it, it came out of it came out of my own struggles first, like my own like abject <laughs> failure, <laughs> the way I saw it as a parent. But so I'm going to just take us back to there because like what I was really frustrated with and I was really struggling because I have a bad temper <laughs> that I, I got legitimately inherited from my family. And I was, you know, my daughter, we, she was challenging, highly sensitive kid. I'm a highly sensitive person. So when she started kind of talking back to me and all those things that kids do when they're 18 months and two years old, this temper came out and I was so ashamed of it. And so, uh, you know, I was just, it was just exactly what I didn't want because that's my, that my father had that temper. And I really, this was exactly what I didn't want to do. So I was so frustrated and I, I started really diving into learning and things like that. And I discovered so many great parenting coaches who had really great advice and great things to say about how to respond to your kids. And, you know, I was just so frustrated because I couldn't remember any of it when I was in that like stressed, losing it place. Like I couldn't remember because the advice was always like, pause then just say this. And I was like, but I can't just like, what about before the pause part? Like I was so frustrated. So for me, that part really frustrated me. So I really was like diving back into my mindfulness work and mindfulness training that I had been, I'd been like studying it since I was a teenager, a few years before I had started my own meditation practice. Of course, after one had a baby, you know, it kind of fell out of the wayside, but I knew that that was like the key to, for me to help me 
ground and slow down and calm my ways. And I started to learn more and more and more about all the recent research that had come out about mindfulness, about how the changes in the brain and how it really helps to calm our reactivity and slow down that nervous system stress response. And I was realizing, oh, the reason I can't just respond the way these coaches are telling me to respond is because I, my nervous system is like hijacking my brain and I literally can't access those parts of the brain. And so as I started to put these together, I realized that like one without the other wasn't enough. And I had been, I had been, um, blogging and I had released a program about creating your own daily practice. And I'd been doing this sort of steady work, sharing what was going on. And I had been, I don't know when I started coaching along that timeline, it's somewhere along there, but I realized that, you know, that there was, there are all these like great ways to respond and they were all missing this work with the mindfulness. And then also equally like in the mindfulness world, kind of people, so there are some people who teach like what they call mindful parenting, but it, I kind of think of it as like mindfulness for parents where they would just kind of assume like, well, if you can calm down your stress response and you can be calmer, then you're just going to naturally say something better <laughs> and just naturally respond more skillfully to your kids. And I proved that was not true <laughs> because <laughs> I was able to calm down. And then I said some really you know, stupid things that were maybe just like habits from my family or culture. And then my little daughter was like, kaboom, you know, all over again. So I wanted, I, mindful parenting came together after a while I had, I had been starting doing some coaching and I sat down, I actually sat down with a book that said, ask the question that was like, I actually remember where I was like sitting under a tree. I think my daughter had a lesson. I was like sitting under a tree outside and I was like, reading this book and it said like, if you could, if, if money were no object and you were, you know, whatever, you're guaranteed of success, like what would you make? And I was like, oh, I would make mindful parenting where it brings together all this mindfulness work and the self-compassion work with the skillful communication work because it doesn't make sense that they're separate. So, so that's, how, that's how it was for me. It was something that I started to implement like in my own life, the kind of the two sides and started to share with my clients. And then I, I really just put it together in mindful parenting. So were you already doing these things as you were kind of learning them and um, you, you were seeing a difference? Can you, can you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I was starting to, I knew I had to dive back into my mindfulness practice as I was in that really frustrated state and take care of myself so that I just had some resources to be able to respond better to this incredibly sensitive kiddo. And so I started to just make sure I did like a little yoga and a little meditation every single morning and not just get up when she woke me up, but, you know, set my alarm and get up a little earlier. And that was making a really big difference for, for how I was able to respond to her. And at the same time, I started really studying um, like nonviolent communication. I, uh, I was listening obsessively to Zen Parenting Radio. Shout out to Todd and Kathy. They're amazing. And, I, and, and as I was looking at these things, I was like, well, how? How do you respond this way? How do you, how do you speak? How do you speak in a more skillful way? And, and I got, I, I even 
did a, I did a training and parent effectiveness training, which is a lot of like communication skills. So I was building my own, I was working those two sides at once. It was really like a many years of kind of practice and study kind of putting, putting these together. And I was slowly seeing my own, like <laughs> I was slowly starting first for me was calming down and the stress response. And then the communication, it, it, you know, as you know, Lynn, cause you're like a member uh, of mindful parenting, like it's kind of like learning a new language, right? Like learning these new communication skills. So that kind of came after as I, as I started to like get more control over, you know, my own sense of groundedness and et cetera. Then I was able to like, start to learn this other language and translate these things I wanted to say into more skillful language. Um, so that was kind of the process for me. Now, I know that you say you had a bad temper, but <laughs> I don't know how much I can envision that now. Can you, like, I think this would be helpful for parents who are really like, but you know, we can look at, at you and say, well, she has it all together. You know, she like, she's not like me. Well, you know, tell me a little bit about what parenting was like for you before you figured it out. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I'm, uh, it's funny because like, I, I'll do all this mindfulness work because I really need it. And so many people don't believe me when I say that because I've changed like my state in a lot of ways, you know, which is really interesting, but, um, yeah, I'm like this highly sensitive person. I would kind of fall into these pits and I'd be like a roller coaster. And I, you know, I grew up with a dad with a real bad temper. And I used to, I used to remember being scared as he would kind of like rage down the hallway and I would hide behind my door in my room, you know? And that was exactly what I didn't want. But it was interesting for me to see that like when she what I thought of then as talked back to me. Um, and I yelled at her like, and stormed up the stairs. You know, I could, I was doing like the same thing and I could see that she was scared of me. And it was like this, exactly what I didn't want. It wasn't just like one instance, like this temper kept coming back. You know, there was a time, you know, I remember, I really remember being so frustrated with my daughter and I just like grabbed her shoulders and I put her on the bed because I wanted her to take a nap. Like just, I need a break. Like you need to take a nap. Like, and I felt that I, how I roughly, I touched her and I was like, oh, wow. Like this is how child abuse happens is that just people are in this, we're in this you know, in this stress response, our our nervous system is feeling threatened. And it's just, you know, it's not like, it's like, this is, this can happen to good people easily because it's so challenging parenting. It's like just so much more challenging than we think it is. You know, we see all these pictures of adorable, cute kids and no one knows how really like psychologically, physically, emotionally disruptive, those first years can be because, you know, it's, you know, we're just all kinds of causes and conditions from that. But I did, I saw that I was really scaring my daughter and it really broke my heart. Um, I remember 
crying on the floor outside on the landing outside her room and just feeling like I'm a terrible, terrible mom and telling myself those, those things. And I, um, you know, it, it was like, I didn't, I, I felt like I didn't have any choice in that moment. I felt like, okay, well, after I cried myself, my eyes out, like, well, what do I do from here? You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't get to stay here. I've got to learn and grow. I've got to turn this around because this is the most important thing in my life to me. Like this, this is the most important thing I, I am doing with my life right now is raising this other human being. And I don't want to pass on this pattern because I could really see, oh, I feel like her big feelings are it, like when she had those big feelings, I could, it felt like in my whole body that it was unacceptable. Like I couldn't accept it. It was unacceptable. And I realized that I had that feeling because that was what was shown to me was that my big feelings were completely unacceptable, right? Through because of my father's anger and things like that. And, and they're on down the line, right? Like his situation with his father was even worse as a kid. And I just was like, oh, this is how patterns repeat is like, we we're not even conscious of it. And then it, with this feeling is, is like really embedded in our bodies. And, you know, unless we start to heal that and change that, we're just going to unconsciously repeat this pattern. We are supported by Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math Mysteries About True Histories. It's a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. I highly recommend this podcast. It's really wonderful, especially if you have kids like around like six plus, but it can totally be enjoyed by the whole family. So I listened to the episode, The Pirate Queen, and you're just dropped right in the middle of the action. People are fighting. There's sword fight. And then these kids, they've gone on a time travel mission and they have to solve problems in the midst of it. And it really just like exemplifies everything we support here at Mindful Parenting. You know, kids who are adventurous, doing things on the world, they're capable. And then they do things like they have to do math, they have to think critically, they have to code break and pattern solving and all this great stuff. Beyond just the Pirate Queen episode, which I highly recommend, episodes transport listeners to moments in history, too, like Pythagoras, Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, or Isaac Newton's England, and more. So jump in with your family. Follow the adventures of Max and Molly on an adventure through time with puzzles and hidden equations and laughs. And it really does make learning really fun and really cool. Perfect for ages six and up. New episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids, and you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. That's Mysteries About True Histories. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. 
And the season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. So Hunter, when do you think it actually clicked for you that you had something special here, something that, you know, maybe uh, that you didn't see anyone else talking about or that didn't combine, you know, what you talked about with meditation and with, you know, um, communication skills and, and, Uh, When did it really click? Can you think back to that? I don't know. I guess like right when I was like writing up those modules, I was like, oh, no one's doing this. Like this needs to be shared with the world. And I had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of like all those natural questions about like, I'm just, you know, I'm not like a quote unquote expert. Like I'm not naturally good at this. I'm not naturally good with kids. Like, who am I, the struggling person to be putting this together, right? But what I realized is that like, this is, this, is, this is a conversation and this is an important piece that I can contribute to this conversation that these two things really need to be- come together. And now it's like, it's a little more than two things. <laughs> like there's all that self-compassion work and all these different things mixed in there. And along that process, I guess that was like, you know, maybe seven years ago or something like there's, there's been so much kind of learning along the way about so many different things. But, um, but yeah, right from the beginning, I was like, Oh, nobody's saying this. I've got to say, I've got to share this. And I mean, I, I, from, um, you know, talking to you before, I know that you didn't start out as, you know, a, um, a meditation expert as a, a parenting guru, you know, um, uh, how, like, uh, did you always think you were going to be, you know, doing something like this? Oh God, no. <laughs> I thought I, I didn't know what I was going to be for a long time. I was, uh, my dad's an artist and I was always into art, but I kind of went to school and wanted to do some, not be an artist. Cause my dad was an artist. It's kind of like the reverse of most people's like, go be a lawyer or a doctor. It was like, don't be a lawyer, be an artist. Uh, <laughs> and so it was pretty cool. Actually. Like I, I, a lot of the paintings that I've done are very much in the same vein of understanding, uh, wrestling with a lot of these same issues that um come with motherhood and 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 embodiment and our bodies and our our just natural nature you know our our very varieties of emotion like so i have these paintings of uh you know animal heads and pregnant women's bodies um and you can find them at hunterartist.com this is a really (laughs) sad old website at this point but um they, I was really interested in the idea of um, like our animal nature, you know, like pregnancy is not like fluffy and pink and pretty. It's like gross and oozy. And there's like 
multiple sets of eyeballs in your body at the same time. It's crazy, you know? <laughs> and so, and like, there's, you know, the, there's this like aggression that we feel like women feel aggression sometimes, right? Like I was wrestling with that at that point too, you know, this, this idea that, and it's so shameful for us, right. To like have like anger and aggression. And I really wanted to like, uh, normalize that, I guess, and understand it and kind of painting. I remember I was painting a lot as I was listening to all the parenting advice. <laughs> um, when I had the, my mother's helper come to the house, I had my three hours and I would like go into the studio oh, and wow. make these paintings. And, um, and, and yeah, so I kind of thought, I thought I was going to go be a painter. Actually, I have a I have a master's degree in art education, so I learned about like education and learning. So I've always been really fascinated about learning. Um, and then, yeah, then post parenthood, I was like, oh my god, I just have to figure this out. And and that was what set me off into studies of you know in reading and studying about psychology and communication and <laughs> all of these things. Wow. Thank you. Um, I know that earlier you said um, how you meditate because you have to. <laughs> you meditate <laughs> essentially like you, you recognize that that's really important for you to do. And I think that it can be a little intimidating at first for some parents um, and just any, any people to start meditating. And I know when I started, I went for a, a pretty long period of time that I thought I'm not doing it. I can't do it. This is something's wrong. I'm not doing it right. Um, so like, do you think anyone can meditate? Is that really something that everyone can do? Yes, I do think that anybody can. <laughs> um, and even if you're like fidgety and even if your mind goes crazy and all of those things. Yeah, I definitely do think that now. I probably didn't think that at a different point in my life. But um, yeah, like you, I had a whole, when I first started meditating, I had like, after like two or three months, I was like, this is stupid. I just sit here thinking the whole time. I'm not doing it right. I can't, I can't do this. What's going on. But I, I looked back at the rest of my life, like not during the meditation time, but the rest of my life. And I realized like up until that time, I started when I was 27. And up until that time I had been, I had regularly fallen into these pits of, you know, I can't handle life. Just pits of depression or just like, I remember I had some, a couple panic attacks in the high school parking lot where I taught. And, um, I just felt like I was so highly sensitive that like, I don't know, like I just fell into these pits, like every week or two weeks, like for basically my whole life. And then I look, I started meditating after I did a yoga teacher training and after two or three months, I, I had this like, oh, it's not working crisis. But then I looked back at the rest of my life and I didn't fall into any of those pits that I had fallen into for my entire life. Like literally my whole life as a kid, I remember really ha having that experience. And, and that was a huge, huge game changer for me. Um, yeah, it's like, I, I get that. I do think anybody can do it. And I think it's this like kind of superpower that everyone needs, especially parents. But I get that it's really hard to like sit down and, and like essentially do nothing but follow your breath or whatever. Like it's, it's so hard that there was some study that they did where they put people into a room 
and for 15 minutes and their choice was there was nothing in the room except they could just sit there and do nothing. I don't think they encouraged them to meditate. This is my caveat, but anyway, they could just sit in the room, do nothing, or they could give themselves mild electric shock <laughs> and mm. like something like 85% of people give themselves mild electric shock. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I, I mean, don't quote me on the exact numbers in that, but it was pretty, pretty surprising. So there's a big aversion. And I think that it's because for survival, our human species had to be moving forward, predicting what's next, looking out for threats, right? Like that's our momentum is forward moving <laughs> very much. And so it's kind of like this weird brain hack, I think, to that, you know, 2,600 years ago, they discussed, sat down and stopped, stopped moving forward and realized like, oh, I can actually have greater well-being less anxiety, all of those things, when I actually stop doing and settle my breathing or just sit here and I practice not reacting to all the different commands my brain is giving me or, or whatever it is, right? Um, or doubts that are arising. Um, when we just sit through those things, it, we develop this ability to um, tolerate any number of things, including <laughs> perhaps a crazy tantrum from our child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that we're, we're all experiencing that too, right? <laughs> yeah. So how long have you been meditating now, Lynn? Um, I, I did, uh, I was, I was learning um, meditation and mindfulness before I became a member. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of what drew me to um, what you were offering, because I felt really strongly that it was, it, it was something important and that, you know, everyone should do, and that had a lot of benefit. Mm -hmm. And I think that since uh, really from taking, uh, you know, mindful parenting and following the course, and it, it helped me make it more of a, um, of a, of a regular practice because there was so much urgency. Cause I felt mm -hmm. like, now I'm doing this, not just for me, but for my family, you know, for my children. And, you know, that puts another level to it, that it really gave me that extra motivation. So, um, it, you know, it, I, I've been meditating for a while and I feel like you, I, <laughs> yay, <laughs> but I also have this tendency to, to get very stressed out, you know, and, and have high anxiety. So for me, it was, it isn't, well, it is a necessity, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, mindful parenting really does help me, uh, you know, keep it together in, in many different areas, because I know that, that I need to be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I can, I notice the days when I don't meditate. I mean, especially during like the beginning of the pandemic, I guess, like mm -hmm. it used to be, I would take a lazy day every week. Uh, but since the pandemic started, I've noticed that if I take a lazy day, then I just am like a little bit of a wackadoodle that day. And I definitely feel more anxiety then. So, so yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing. The studies that show it reduces depression, reduces anxiety. They show that it's as effective as medication, which is like pretty amazing, but it's, 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 it makes a lot of sense. And the thing that I think that's really 
just helpful for us to remember is that going back to that, like where I was so frustrated that with the uh, <clears throat> parenting of advice of just say this, just pause and say this, um, it, what the, the brain scans have shown are, are really interesting. And so the fight, flight, or freeze centers of the brain are the amygdalae. They're like these two little almond shaped clusters in the base of your neck. And they're the basic, like the alarm bells of the nervous system. And then there's our prefrontal, prefrontal cortex, which is behind our forehead. And that's that area, like the brain, I have to say is a very interconnected thing, right? Like it's not like this simple, but just to simplify it, like that area of the brain is like where they indicate like higher order thinking, problem solving, verbal ability, empathy, all of those things like that will help you if you want to respond differently. And then, and when our stress response is going, it literally like cuts off access to that prefrontal cortex because it's that alarm bell is ringing. What the, M, the MRI brain scans of mindfulness practice about an eight week course of mindfulness practice show is that it actually shrinks in gray matter, the amygdala, those alarm bells. It actually makes, uh, shrinks the connective uh, tissue between the amygdala and the rest of the brain. And it actually grows more dense in gray matter, the, um, the gray matter in the prefrontal cortex area. So it's wow. literally changing the shape of your brain, which is so fascinating, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, that's very fascinating. And also really shows why it's so important as parents, you know, it, we're always, there's, there's so many things that uh, we can get triggered by or that, you know, our, our children are doing. And, you know, we have kind of this acceptance, I think, as parents of, um, oh, you know, moms are crazy or, oh, it's just, it's always, you know, um, it's always something. And, you know, we kind of just, I, I feel like there's this accepted stereotype that, you know, moms are, do you know what I mean? They're, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're not like really together or it's, it's, it's hard to be a mom. And um, I think what you just said is, you know, really showing that there is a, a different way. And, and, and I think that's really exciting and really special to share with parents. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like our culture kind of portrays the extremes, like the perfectly peaceful, like never bothered by anything, mom, you know, and then the like, like, give me the wine, mom. You know, (laughs) And and the, the truth is in the middle and in the middle is where that that we can be most effective. But, you know, we definitely can be more effective if we can get our S H I. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) Well, I'd like to ask you some questions about the actual, you know, like what the mindful parenting course, um, is, is about what, what's in it. You know, I know that, um, I, you know, I've taken the course and you have a whole module on kindness and compassion, including self-compassion. Um, can you talk a little bit about why self-compassion is so important? Sure. Yeah. In mindful parenting, like some people are a little surprised that all the first modules are all about how you take care of yourself, right? Like about Mm -hmm. us becoming more grounded and, and take healing ourselves. Right. And, and part of that is that self-compassion piece. Well, first I should also say in the module, right before the self-compassion module, we're doing a little digging into our own childhood and trying to understand some of where our triggers come from. So that can be a little challenging for many situations. And so then we want to really dive into this practice of kindness and self-compassion and the whole kindness thing is so interesting because right like we want we know we want our kids to be kind and generous right so how do we teach that we have to we have to model that and we have to practice that and it's interesting with kindness because sometimes like you know you might assume that like kindness means like if my kid wants to play hide and go seek like I'm going to jump up and go play hide and go seek with my kid. Right. Like, and sometimes that's what it, what it might mean, but other times it might mean like I feeling extraordinarily tired and exhausted and I'm going to hold a boundary around playing hide and go seek and say, I'm only going to play if I can hide in my covers <laughs> 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 or I can't play right now. Right. Um, so it's about looking at some of those things and the self-compassion piece is so, so huge. And it's, it's almost, you know, it's about equally as foundational as the mindfulness piece, which builds our awareness because, um, we're hard on ourselves. We're like, really, we have a habit of being very judgmental and harsh in our inner voice, like really hard on ourselves. And, 
it's, you know, we come from a very judgmental culture, you know, and, and kind of a hard on ourselves kind of culture. And so we may kind of absorb it from our culture, but, and many people kind of think like, oh, if, if I'm not hard on myself, I'm not going to like do differently. Right. And this is, this is erroneous way of thinking that we start to shift in mindful parenting in a lot of different ways. But in this sense, like when we're really harsh and mean and we tell ourselves like, I'm a terrible mother, I, um, you know, I suck at this, I'm terrible, I'm, I just, you know, whatever we're saying, like what's wrong with me, all of these things, we, we're kind of shaming ourselves, relieving ourselves in a sad little pitiful hole. And when we're in that state, we're feeling helpless, we're feeling you know, like we can't get up and do something. How are we going to show up for our kids? Like, we're not going to be in a great place to show up for our kids if they have needs at that moment. Not at all. Right. And so I, if we, when we practice self-compassion, we practice starting to speak to ourselves as we might speak to a good friend, practicing mindfulness to just even be aware of what those inner voice those, that languages we use with ourselves and even, and, and understanding that we're not alone. I think that's so key when we can start to practice that, even if it feels really weird to say you did your best or whatever, it, it, it provides us with this like soft landing, right? We, then we're able to, when we, when we never, you know, when you enter mindful parenting, right, you're like taking, you're doing new things. You're like stretching outside of your comfort zone. You know, you're, you're learning, getting greater awareness of yourself and your history. You're practicing meditation. You're going to start to be learning this, this whole new language of skillful communication. And it's hard to learn new things and grow. And that growing requires stepping outside of our comfort zone. So it really when we can step outside of our comfort zone and when we step outside of our comfort zone, whatever it is, we're inevitably going to like be human and, and mess up sometimes. Cause that's just what we do. Like we're human and we mess up sometimes. So we need to be able to, if we can offer ourselves a soft landing, then we can get up and say, okay, I can begin anew. You know, I'm not like destroyed by this. I can begin anew. I made a mistake. That was a hard moment and I'm going to try again. So it, it's so, so essential. What would you say? What's your experience been with self-compassion? Well, I think that it's like you said, it's so easy for, um, for parents to make a mistake. I mean, we do it all the time. I know I make mistakes all the time and um, they can, you know, really bring us down. But one of the things that I really take from uh, self-compassion and, and from your courses that, you don't have to hold on to that. You know, it's, it's accepting, it's being that, you know, yes, this happened, but uh, you know, I start anew and um, you know, I can move on. And, um, and, and then that shows your kids too. I, I think it's, it comes down to our, we're modeling for our kids that we can make a mistake, you know, and it's okay, you know, and we can, you know, be better, better the next day, or we can learn and grow from it. Um, you know, I think that's been very helpful because we don't have to hold on to it all the time. You know, that can really bring us down. Yeah. It's such a different message from like the whole behaviorist way of parenting, like where if a kid makes a mistake, you're punishing them for it. And 
that just makes them like feel like they're a bad person, right? Rather than mm -hmm. teaching them whatever they need to learn in that situation. And it's, it's a similar kind of thing for ourselves. It's like a little bit like reparenting ourselves. You know, we're saying, okay, that was a mistake. This is what was happening. Let's understand it. Let's learn from it rather than let it just destroy us. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, there, you have a whole other module about, um, you know, taking care of our difficult feelings. And it's, you know, there's a lot of info there for how to deal with your children's difficult feelings. But there is a big emphasis on our, you know, as parents on our uh, dealing with our difficult feelings. You know, can you can you talk about that and kind of share why that's so important to be included? Yeah, I, I think that the vast majority of people in our generation and the millennials, I know you guys are in that parenting generation too. Like the vast majority of us as parents were not taught how to take care of our difficult feelings. We were basically taught like, don't have them. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's me. Was that you too? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And it's like, you know, don't cry, go to your room. I don't know, like just, we weren't given any tools to kind of understand and take care of our difficult feelings. And we're trying to, and it's great. Like there's a bunch of people who are trying to rectify that now, right? But the biggest thing that teaches kids is our own behavior, right? Like they're not great at doing what we say, but they're great at doing what we do. And so when one of the biggest things we can do is learn to model is to model taking care of our difficult feelings because we're going to have them. No one's going to be like calm all the time. I'm not, you know, and, and you're, you know, you have, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get angry. You're going to get anxious. You're going to be, feel sad. All of those things. Like we're going to have that full range of emotion. And when we can accept that, and then we need to then have tools, right? Because kind of the old school tools are either like you're drowning in it. Um, you know, you're either like exploding in anger or you're like drowning in, you know, it's, it's completely taking over you or you're blocking it and pushing it away, you know, and we can block our feelings by like, I don't know, all kinds of things like just the to-do list, <laughs> you know, drugs, drinking, shopping, um, Netflix, like, and sometimes like a, a little bit, all those things is like fine, right? Like we have all of our comfort zone, but when we're blocking our feelings, then it's kind of like our feelings end up being like this. I like to think of them and they're like, it's like a beach ball that you're trying to push under the water. And as you like push that beach ball under the water, it like, slides out sideways and like comes up even higher in some like random place. And that's how our feelings are. Like when we try to like shove them away, they, they, they come out in, in different way, in ways that we, we can't, can anticipate sometimes. And so we, so I teach that middle path of how do we take care of our difficult feelings mindfully? And there's uh, a, a number of different tools in there, but it's like, I don't know, for me, I think that was so important. And for the people I was working with, it's just like the, to have a process to say, oh, you know, anxiety is rising for me right now. You know, how can I take care of this rather than, you know, I'm going to go eat some chocolate, you know, <laughs> it's like much better to model. And then with our kids, we can model that too. You know, when difficult feelings are rising, we say, oh, I'm feeling 
X right now. I'm going to take a minute to take care of these feelings. I think that that's been really huge. And I think that um, a lot of parents come into parenting thinking it's a, or, or practicing how, you know, you tell your kids what to do. You're, you're telling them to be this way, telling them to do this way. And what I really see about being a part of the um, mindful parenting community is there's all these parents now, you know, really sharing these awesome moments with their kids when their kids are actually picking up on their new behavior, on the parents' new behaviors, you know, and instead as a parent, instead of telling your kid what to do, you're now, like you said, modeling it for them. And we're seeing that over and over again, when moms are sharing things, you know, oh, my, my son, my like tiny son, you know, three years old, four years old is, is using iMessages and, you know, they're, they're saying like, mom, do you need to, um, you know, do you need five minutes to go meditate or take a breath or, you know, like there's, there's these stories that come out and it just is so, it's so amazing. Cause it makes, it makes so much sense. Like, of course, having this approach is, um, you know, it's, it's helping everyone, not just, you know, one person part of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I love those stories too. Like <laughs> the little kids talking about their feelings and saying, asking, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing. It's amazing at what ages they can do different things too, you know, and, and understand. Um, but yeah, I know it's like, it's such a two for one deal when you learn how to ground yourself and take care of your own difficult feelings mindfully. It's like, it's like, it's like two for one because you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it for your child too, or multiple children perhaps. And we're starting to really get into, um, you know, this skillful communication, which is a huge part of the, um, of the course of what you teach. Um, you know, talk a little bit about that, you know, um, is there, you know, something when it comes to communicating that you see a lot of parents doing that, um, you know, uh, can maybe be done differently or, you know, what are you really seeing and how is skillful communication so important? Sure. I, you know, I think that we have this crazy idea about parenting that like, we're just going to instinctively know how to do it. It's so funny because we don't think that with other things. We're not like, I'm going to just be perfect at tennis or cooking or horseback riding, like without ever like learning, you know? So, but what happens is what, and there are instincts obviously when our kids are babies, but that's pretty in early on. But the things we think of as, as instincts are actually really conditioned responses from your own childhood and the culture at large, you know? So in the culture at large, we treat kids pretty disrespectfully. Like we're, we do a lot of, like we bark orders at them kind of constant. Like if you're a two-year-old, you know, your life consists of like, pick up your toy, put on your shoes, push in your chair, put that back, you know, get in the car. It's just like a constant stream of orders directed at you. And we just don't realize it because that's just the milieu of our culture. Like it, it just, that seems really normal. Um, so in mindful parenting, we're, what we're doing is it's amazing because there are ways that have been studied about communication since like the 60s and the 70s, you know. So I studied um, and looked at like 
nonviolent communication with um, Marshall Rosenberg and parent effectiveness training with um, Thomas Gordon. Both of those people studied under, oh God, I'm blanking the name. You're probably remembering it, dear listener. What, at least one of you is. Anyway, um, and so that they, in these styles of communication, they realize that a lot of the things we do as parents are actually like pretty counterproductive, you know, like orders, for instance, like because there are no human beings on the planet, no matter what age that like to be ordered around, um, it makes kids resist what you say, just naturally kind of be resistant. And that builds up over time. We then we use threats, right? If you don't do this, I'm going to take away your screen time. And kids resist that too, because no one likes to be threatened. And it doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, so it, and it causes resentment. And so what happens is like over time, this resentment builds and builds, and then those threats have to kind of escalate and escalate. And so then when we stop having power over our kids, right? So we have power over our young ones, a lot of power over their lives, how their lives are. And then as you have a child who gets into adolescence, they can get themselves dressed, get their own food, get themselves to school. They can do a lot of, they, they don't need as much so that, that you, so you literally like have less power over them. And so what happens is that by the time you get to adolescence, so much resentment from these old school tactics has built that you've destroyed the influence that you have because power has an inverse relationship with influence. The more power you use, the less influence you have. And the, the less you use power, the more influence you have. So we, we teach communication skills to, that don't require someone to like manipulate and use power over another party. And what that involves is starting to understand like, um, how, when we have conflicts, conflicts are really um, people having um, conflicting needs, you know, every single thing our child does, every single instance of what we think of as bad behavior is your child trying to meet a need of theirs, whether it's autonomy or attention or affection or whatever it is. And the same is true for us, right? Like we are also trying to meet our needs. And when we can start to understand that rather than condemning them for their behavior or shaming or blaming them for a behavior that we don't like, we, you know, we don't like hitting and things like that. We can start to say, okay, we can step back a minute and say, what does my child need to learn in this situation? And that's like a whole shift in the way we look at parenting. That's actually what really clicked for me. I remember um, a few years ago uh, listening to you, um, you know, give a little talk and that's what you were talking about. You were talking about how as parents, um, you know, uh, are you, are you blaming them? Are you shaming them? Are you um, ordering them like those things? And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's what I'm doing, you know? And um, it, it really hit me that oh, I didn't think that what I was saying, you know, a threat threatening, you know, I didn't think I was threatening, but I did that a lot. Like, oh, you better do this or I'm gonna, you know, or clean this up now, or we're not gonna, you know, do, do something fun. Like there was all these, like I was, I was really big and, you know, it's still something that's hard to, um, 
to work through, but I'm, oh, I'm yeah, definitely yeah. I just have to say better. me too. interject yeah. here and say like, <laughs> when I'm like in a place where I'm like, ah, nothing's working, like threatening is like totally my go-to too. So I'm not, I am not like an, an amazing, perfect angel of communication yet either. <laughs> I don't think anyone is, right? We can agree <laughs> no. on that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I was I didn't realize that how I was communicating with my kids was actually, you know, blaming them, was was shaming them, was threatening them. And that that sat with me kind of hard, you know, because um I didn't I didn't want to be communicating that way. And I, you know, um it just you really made me think of, of something different. Like, you know, it, it can be different and I don't want to lose, my kids are still young. I don't want to lose that relationship as I get older. And, um, you know, that, that really stuck with me when, and I think is one of, you know, there's so many valuable parts, but one of the most valuable things for me learning was the skillful communication was, you know, these different tools that we, I can really speak to my children a lot better. And it's amazing, you know, they, they listen and they do things differently and they start to model that just, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. do have to say. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. And it's, and I have to say it's hard too. Like, it's like, kind of like learning a new language, you know, you know, it's like, we kind of have to translate in our heads and it is challenging. And that's why like in the membership, you know, we have kind of these big three communication skills and that's why in the membership we're now like every, every month we're doing a specific practice skills section on one of those communication skills and we're like getting together and we're like in breakout rooms and everybody's practicing and we're really breaking it down because it really is like a, like a, a language that you're learning and it does, it's not like one and done. Okay. Thanks Hunter. I got it. And that's why we offer that like lifetime membership too, because we want to support people at different ages and stages. And, and then people come with different stages quite a bit. <laughs> we had a member, you, I don't know if you saw that Lynn, but um, she came to a coaching session recently and she hadn't been to one in a, in a while. And she had been coming a lot, like, you know, like maybe like a year and a half or two years ago. And then her child now as it ha is now decided that they are, you know, has realized that they are trans. And so is having all these new challenges. But so it's like, to me that I know I'm kind of like digressing, but I think that's so important just to be able to, you know, you never know what's coming up. It's so helpful to have like a system, a, a method, something to say, come back to when you, when you're like, oh gosh, the world is falling apart. Definitely. Definitely. Now, when it comes to parents, what's the number one thing you see, you know, that parents, um, you know, could improve on? What, what do you think is like that number one thing out there? I think it's our reactivity. I definitely think it's that. I think that we don't, we're not, giving enough attention to our own, had the power of our own state of mind and our own state of, you know, heart and mind and nervous system. And that is huge. I think that we don't, we don't realize what an influence we have. Like we have to live what we want our kids to learn. You know, we have to be the model for what we want them to learn. 
And that is really big. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to, you know, for the podcast, I was talking to Aaron Huey, who runs a treatment center for really, really struggling kids, for kids who have like, have had multiple suicide attempts and teens who have drug abuse and all these things. And, and we were talking about um, how we can prevent our kids from ever seeing you. <laughs> and, and the number one thing he said is parents self-care and parents taking care of their you know, their heart, their mind, and their nervous system. And so it was really interesting for me to see that that applies even at that extreme level. Um, and I think that, you know, we don't have enough support as parents and I know that, but, but, um, but yeah, that, that piece I think is the most important. Wow. You know, my husband and I were talking, um, very recently because it's only been the last few months that my husband's really gotten on board and has been curious and interested and seeing a lot of benefit from, um, you know, from the mindful parenting course and, and, and this approach to parenting. And so we were talking, he, um, I'm so proud of him because he's been meditating now and I, you know, for years it's been like, you have to meditate. Yeah. Meditate. And it, it wasn't, you know, he didn't really see the benefit, but for whatever reason he, he started and now he even meditates by himself, which I'm just like, Oh my gosh, who is this person? <laughs> but, um, you know, he told me that he really sees a difference in, in what kind of what you said about reactivity, mm -hmm. how he's not freaking out about things. He was just, um, you know, at a, a sports practice for our daughter. And he was telling me how I wasn't there, but his, our son was, you know, like getting really messy, let's say in a puddle, you know, and normally he'd look at that and be like, oh no. And, you know, yell at him to stop, like, don't do this. Don't. And then he realized that there's really, there's no problem, you know, like it was just, um, there's so many things that, uh, you know, aren't, aren't really a problem. You know, we just react to them, you know, very strongly. And then, you know, he, it, it just, it, it was pretty special because then he saw our son, you know, just playing and just, you know, having fun and, um, you know, it could have gone a lot differently, mm. you know, and that's just one example. Like it's, it's, um, that's been really special in our family because now we're both really seeing things differently and, um, mm. able to just respond so much differently. And it's been, and just having us both meditate now, it's, um, it, it, it's making like huge differences, which is, it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's exciting for me and I'm, Yay. and I'm sure that, yeah, thank Yay. you. <laughs> that is so exciting. And I just want to point out to the listener, you know, if you're like, that would never happen with my partner. <laughs> um, we get a ton of people who, you know, sometimes we have husbands and wives, like in coaching calls together, it happens sometimes. And, 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 and men are part of the equation. Like we give a free parent, a mindful parenting membership to your parenting partner, right? Like we, we do that. So we want everyone to be involved and some, but sometimes people they're not right. Like maybe one spouse is, is really into one parent is really into it and one parent isn't, but what we see, what I do see a lot is something similar to that Lynn, like, cause you were in the membership for like a year before that yeah. ever happened. Oh and, yeah. It was a while. And, and when we can, 
respect that our partners own journey, you know, and respect that they, they got their own mind, but we, our kids, what happens is it's not as confusing to our kids as you'd think. Like kids are actually very able to have different relationships with different people in their family. And I mean, I don't know if you found that like in that year before he started kind of getting on board, but what happens a lot is that a parent starts to see, oh, the kids are cooperating more with you. You guys are a lot chiller now. I kind of want to like learn a little bit more about what you're doing. That's what we see a lot of. Oh yeah. I mean, um, what we saw in my family was he would yell and, you know, the kids wouldn't, um, maybe want to be with him at that moment, you know, like they, they would be naturally drawn to the calmer parent, you know, they'd want to talk to me more. They'd want to talk through the problems. And he saw that. And I think that that was a a part of, you know, realizing that, Oh, um, I don't, I don't want that other relationship. I want this relationship, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been really special and you're right. There's a lot, a lot of parents, um, in the membership who, are, um, you know, their husbands or, or partners don't always come on board right away, but over time we're, you know, we see a lot more. And I think that's really special. I think this is so funny because you and I, Lynn could talk about this for so long, but I feel like yeah. we talked for a while about it. And I want to just address something that you have added so much to in the community. The mindful parenting community was strong before, but Lynn is our community manager, as I mentioned at the beginning of this, and you're, you bring this, you have brought the community together to a whole new level, but I just would love to just speak to the idea of community and that, that idea of like, that we kind of think that we kind of have to do things alone, but when you're part of like hundreds of families doing this all around the world. Like if you're in some, if you're in a place where this is not supported, like people are like, spare the rod and spoil the child. It makes a big difference. What, what have you seen in the community, Lynn? Um, it's, it's a really special place. I mean, there's parents from all around the world, which is, is, is so neat. I mean, you, um, Australia, Chile, yeah, you are not alone. And when you see that, it's, um, I don't know, it just, it, it really has a, a unique and, you know, like special, um, it's, a, it's a special place where we could, um, we come together. And what, I mean, I was, um, like I said, I was a member for a while. So when it, um, you were looking for a community manager, to me, that just like stood out because it's something that I really love. I really love what you're sharing and teaching with mindful parenting. So it was something that naturally I was just like, oh, I would love to be a part of. And now um, I just, I, I, I don't know, like what we were, we were talking about before with hearing all of the, the stories and the struggles that parents go, go through, you know, we all relate to them and, you know, sharing it in this group where we are just, um, uh, yeah, like we're very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Right. Non-judgmental. We're just there to help each other out. And sometimes, you know, people are just asking for, um, you know, that support for um, another, you know, maybe opinion or, or view, or it's, it's just been, it's, it's been really incredible. And I think that um, in these last few months, especially 
We've seen, um, you know, older members, like members who've been, you know, here for a longer time, newer members, just really reaching out and, and supporting each other and, um, you know, realizing that we're not alone and we're not like, we don't have to do this alone. We don't have to continue to, you know, um, go without support. So I don't know. Yeah, I really yeah. and, think and you it's special. Have- you have been helping facilitate our accountability buddies, which is like a, such a huge thing too. And we're trying to make change. Like if you have a little buddy, a person who's doing the same thing, you can text them or email them. That makes such a huge difference. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been really great. I mean, I love being a part of it. I love, um, you know, getting to know our members more and, and making friends. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's great people in this group. So it's been a lot of fun. I have to say it's, it's just been um, really exciting. So, um, I guess I know we've been, like you said, we've been talking for a while and I don't even know what time it is, but, um, (laughs) I'm going to start, my kids are going to start to like come off the bus or something soon and be like, mom. Um, but I, I do want to ask you one more thing. And that is just thinking about the future, thinking about, you know, what is your vision for mindful parenting? You know, where, um, you know, you know, tell us about this vision. Like this is exciting. I, I'm, am really excited about it because I, as you know, I'm working with mindful parenting, teacher trainees, people who are training to teach mindful parenting in person in their communities. And there's like someone in, uh, Sweden and someone in Australia and someone in Texas and Wisconsin, you know, so it's, it's really exciting to see that, but, you know, I really love, I mean, I just want to transform the way that we are with children, right? Like we talk about teaching mindfulness in schools, we talk about all these things, but the way to reach children when they are the, at the most impressionable is to reach parents and to transform ourselves, right? And um, so, yeah, I guess my vision is, is that, is like kind of just letting it be, getting it accessed by more and more people and just to help grow this community and kind of transform the way we parent and, and put to put down that spoil the rod, spoil the child, spare the rod, spoil the child point of view um, and transform that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's really exciting. Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful to be a part of it because I know that, you know, that you're making a difference in, um, not just the lives of the parents, the lives of children and, you know, f- the future, you know, future generations. I think that that is so special. Thank and, you, Hunter. And you are too. Thank you, Lynn. You're like the best community manager ever. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I think this has been so fun. So fun to talk about. I can't believe we never talked about it on the mindful mama podcast till, till now. So thank you so much for, for talking to me about it. With yeah, me. Well, you're very welcome. <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoyed this conversation about mindful parenting. Obviously, Lynn and I could have talked forever about the concepts and things behind mindful parenting. It's so exciting for me. If you want to learn more, go ahead and go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and get on the wait list. And when you do, we'll send you some information. We'll send you the six-step roadmap for mindful parenting. So go ahead and go to mindfulparentingcourse.com. 
That's mindfulparentingcourse.com and check it out. Get on the wait list. And I think wherever you're listening to this, if you click on your podcast player and you go to the notes section, you should be able to jump right to that link. So super easy. And let me know what your takeaways are. I would love to hear on Facebook or Instagram. What are your takeaways? Take a screenshot of you listening and share it with me. Tag me. I'm at Mindful Mama Mentor. And I would love to see what your ahas are and, and what's going on for you as you listen to this and what you're taking from this. And I hope it's been helpful to really understand and dive in deeper. And I finally, I am just wishing you a beautiful week. I'm wishing you some peace within so that you can have peace to give to your family and your loved ones and your friends. And I wish you some lazy moments and some energetic dancing around moments and all those good things as we get into this time where we're getting our vaccines. I hope you're getting your vaccine and taking care of, you know, everyone that way. And I wish you lots of peace and joy and all of those good things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful for your time here today. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back in your ears next week and talking to a very cool friend about gathering our wild. Very excited about this conversation. So I will be back in your ears next Tuesday and I'll talk to you then, my friend. Thanks so much for listening. Namaste. I say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clarkfields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.
mindfulparentingcourse.com. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 